so, so thankful to be with you all here today. Welcome to Hill City Church. This is our simple church. Yes, yes. Give God praise. We're excited to be here today. We thank you, Jesus. Um, if everybody will stand with us today, um, I'm going to go ahead and pray and we'll get started. I just have such a high expectation today of what God is going to do. Um, we've just been in such a spirit of worship this morning and um, we just know that that's going to carry on into every aspect of today. And um, I just want to invite God into the service this morning and then we'll get started. God, you're so awesome. I can never get tired of saying it, God. It never gets old because you never get old, God. There's nothing about you that is ever past tense. You are the God of right now. God, you always were and you always will be. You're in our situation in the past and you're already there in the future. God, we thank you that you've got everything worked out for us, Lord. And we just, we love you and we invite you into this time, God. We invite your spirit here today, Lord. God, whatever you want to do today, we're here, God, and we're open to you. We've come, God, to, to worship together in spirit, God, and in truth and in unity. So join us here today, God. We love you and we thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen.
spirit here right now, God. We empty ourselves out, God, of who we are, just to let you move right now, God, in this place. God, we receive the gift of your spirit. We receive the gift of your son right now in this atmosphere, God. Open our hearts to you right now, Lord, that we might receive what you have for us today. Just thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your spirit and your presence. Thank you, Jesus.
this morning. Uh, you guys can do better than that. Come on, let's, let's give God all the praise and worship today. Awesome, awesome. You guys can uh, go ahead and be seated. We're going to start right off with an uh, offering. Go ahead and just bring God into this. Father God, I just thank you for today. Thank you for who you are, dear God, and what you're doing, not only in this place, dear God, but other churches around this world, dear God, for the greatness of you, bringing people closer to you, bringing warriors up for you, dear God. And I just speak life into that. Father God, I just thank you for who you are, what you're doing, for testimonies, dear God, for your love, knowing that where we are, dear God, you still love us no matter what we're going through, what we're doing, dear God. Father God, we just lift today up to you as you have your way. As we decrease and you increase, we lift it up to you. And we just thank you for those who are giving, dear God. We just ask that you bless those. Just to even have the opportunity to, to give to you, dear God, because you've already blessed us so much. Loving me, thank you, because it's in Jesus' name. You guys can go ahead and come forward and hand that out. Alrighty. So, kind of just going off of that, even prayer, you know, God's been speaking a lot to me and uh, just speaking life. And it's it's pretty crazy because uh, we had our marriage life group this 
last Friday, and usually, you know, we kind of just get together and we eat, and then we go into our study or um, whatever it is that we're going into, videos and everything, but, uh, you know, God just really talked to me and said, all right, we're going to do it different, we're going to start up and just really pray. You know, a lot of times we really need prayer, and it's like, all right, God, you know we can't do this on our own. You know, I can't do this on my own. So we just prayed and prayed. And uh, one thing that really stuck out is um, I can thank John up there. He's like, you know, we just need to speak life. We need to speak life into everything. And it's funny because when we're saying that, I'm like, man, I could just think of Toby Mac's song, Speak Life, Speak Life. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to sing that up here. I'm not a very good singer. Maybe I'll bring Paul up here, but... <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, all right, if you guys want to go ahead and even start handing out communion, we're going to go into that too as well today. But going back into speaking life, I was actually reading something. Share that with you today. And going into prayer, it says, uh, in Matthew 6, 7, when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. And the reason why that was brought up is uh, there's a story about a guy named Tommy, and he was a National Guard. And uh, he was getting called into action during the Gulf War. And on the last Sunday before his actual deploy deployment, the church he attended had a special time of prayer, sending him off with their promise of support and encouragement. And as you can imagine, the prayers for Tommy's safety were thick with theology and high-sounding words, as churchly prayers often are. Sovereign God of the universe, we trust you that you will protect this young man on his mission, O Lord, that you will keep him within the shelter of your wings all very sincere, I'm sure, but quite flowery and unoriginal. Then at this church, a little eight-year-old girl came up in the back and just, you know how sometimes kids just speak what they want to speak. She says, dear Jesus, don't let Tommy get killed, okay? That's all. Okay, amen. The sanctuary fell silent as everyone suddenly knew that the prayers they had, you know, entrusted in all of, you know, God and the way that they pray was all grown-up attempts to say this one thing. Don't let Tommy get killed, okay? It took a child to express what adults couldn't. And I was reading this, and sometimes in prayer, we get caught up in how people pray, and we want to be like that. And I'm like, how can I speak life? I don't want to speak life into somebody in somebody else's prayer. I've been really focusing on, all right, God, I want you to use me to speak what you want to speak, and speak it boldly, not as sometimes we get so lost as an adult but 
just speak it out there like a child, like I'm just going to go out there and, all right, here it is. Sometimes we need that. We need to speak life, but we need to speak it boldly. And just reading that story like that, I'm like, man, sometimes I do need to speak like that. I need to have that child action of going in there and just speaking what's on my mind. I want to challenge you guys to do that. Speak life. Speak life into your marriage. Speak life into your kids. Speak life into yourself and all those things that may push us down. Those chains that are holding us down, all those addictions, those things that, the temptations that lead us to that. God came to break those chains. I want to speak life into that. Let him have the glory in that. I just wanted to share that with you this morning. Um, before we get into communion, I do have announcements to go into. I'll go ahead and go into those. Um, another thing about speaking life that I wanted to share on is of course, many of you know the ladies retreat is going on and it's from what I heard there's a good amount of ladies already gone so that's good that's awesome and uh, I just want to challenge the men though you know it says love your your wife as you know you should love the church and men step up send your wife on this send your your spouse on this your your significant other you know, say, all right, I'll watch the kids. I'll even pay for it. Invest in your wife because you need to invest in your marriage. And uh, I remember when my wife had went, it's, it's pretty crazy because she was going through some rough times. And, you know, sometimes we do. And, you know, just when she came back, she was so refreshed. You know, you ladies need that. You need to go and talk with other ladies. Sorry, you know, we're... As men, we're our spouse's best friend, but I could tell you one thing, I'm not going to talk to her as much as these ladies will. It's a proven fact. <laughs> you ladies need it, so I, I just want to ask you guys, you know, go, go to that ladies' mer uh, the retreat and, you know, speak life into one another. Get refreshed, because in the long run, it's going to help us men out. Um, also... <laughs> Uh, Despo, I don't know, uh, did you guys want to say anything on that? <laughs> Sorry for putting you on the spot there. It's all right. We're doing desperation. Uh, I don't know the dates my wife does, so you can get those details from her. But I do know that is very fun. Um, we just have a blast with the kids, and it's another thing for them to step away for whatever reason. When we go to, <laughs> when we get away from church, the home body church, um, the, the students just feel like they just let go, they release. And so um, I feel like it's an experience that I want everyone, I think everyone's children should uh, go through or experience. Um, so we're excited for that. We're going to do high school and middle school. So uh, there's a meeting March 12th. <laughs> in my ears i'm not march 12th yeah. that's why she does all the talking but yeah we're super excited for it um if you guys can we're gonna be fundraising for the kids so don't let money be the issue i'm not saying just be like oh well, i'm gonna send my kids and we're gonna fundraise for free but we're gonna do everything we can to get the money and um i don't want that to be the reason that your kids don't go so we will find a way all right amen
That's that's another thing, man. You gotta you gotta invest in your kids. You gotta invest in your marriage. You gotta invest in yourself, you know. And that's kind of like what my wife and I spoke on last time we were up here. Is sometimes we spend this money on, you know, whether it's a PS4, or a new TV, and all these things. And all these things, John always says it are gonna end up in a yard sale, or they're gonna just get tossed out. And honestly, these things that you're investing into your kids, into your spouse, into yourself, are gonna last forever. Um, just to go into that, Jabani um, actually went on one of these conferences, and you know this was one of the times he was going through a few things. It's pretty rough back then, but he came back, and you know, just the life that you see in your youth and your kids coming back from something like this, invest in it. And then um, one more announcement for marriage: we have a marriage retreat coming up, uh, May 19th and 20th. So keep that in mind. We're still working on everything, but uh, if you want any more details, you could come talk to myself or my beautiful wife over there. And uh, let's go ahead and go into to communion. If you guys can go ahead and take the bread. Father God, so many times we become lost, we become broken, dear God. But one thing is that you have every piece in your hands. And just like this bread, dear God, as we break together, I just pray, dear God, right now, that you bring everything together, dear God. You bring us together. You bring this church together. I just love you and I thank you, knowing that you have every piece in your hands through the hard times, dear God, when we become broken. Father God, I just ask, that you just continue to bless us, encourage us, dear God, bolden us, strengthen us. And as we take this bread right now, we lift it up to you and we thank you, dear God, for all that you've already given us. together, dear God, we are reminded of the blood that was shed on that cross, dear God, for us. Just going back into all the mess that we were in, dear God, all the mess that I was in, dear God, your son came to that cross and took that, took our place, dear God. And we just remember that, dear God, that blood that was shed from your son so we can be here today so I can be here today. And I thank you for that, dear God. I thank you for the unity of this church and other churches, dear God, growing because of you and your son. Let us not take that for granted, dear God. No one through that, through your son, all sin is washed away. We love you and we thank you and lift it up to you. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, guys. Amen. Good morning. 
Did anybody eat the bread early before Robert told you to? <laughs> Sorry, I was like, whoops, I messed up. I didn't do the communion right. He told me to take it, so I took it. Take the blue pill. <laughs> It's all right. We don't get hung up on traditions. Amen? All right. Um, how's everyone doing? Good morning. Good morning. Let's, uh, my name's Paul. I get to preach and teach and speak and hopefully make you uh, understand a little bit more about God this morning. That's my goal. Uh, John and Candace, our beautiful, lovely pastors, are in the Bahamas. And everyone said amen. Um, amen, I guess. <laughs> uh, they're coming back this morning. And uh Typical Johnny calls me this morning. Paul, how you doing? I'm like, why are you calling me? Leave me alone. Not because I don't love John, but I'm just like, stay on vacation, be away. And they're just typical pastors. Like, they love the family. They love listening and what's going on. And then, and then he also gave me some great news saying the truck wasn't starting. So that was great. Um, anyway, we have a big truck that has all our equipment. It wasn't starting, but we got it started. So thank you, Adam, wherever you are um, for getting that started. Um, so welcome to Hill City Church, everyone who's here, everyone who's online. And uh, if you're watching this later as a recording, hi to you as well. Uh, we actually have a lot of people that, that watch our, our sermons online, um, and they watch them later. So um, it's, it's pretty cool to watch that with like the marriage conference specifically. Uh, Jason and the team, they streamed a lot of that, and uh, people, people tuned in. Um, so um, pretty cool. Uh, so I'd like to start out today by asking you, has anybody ever made, uh, we, can, we can kill the piano, thank you. Stop. No, just kidding. <laughs> just stop, please. I think if you cite a song to Robert, you got to sing it. You know, if you're going to like say a song, speak life, uh, you got to sing it. Um, oh, I got to say real quick, just on the women's thing, man, if you send your, if you're a husband and you send your wife away, I'll, I'll keep this good, but if you send your wife away, she will come back happy and happiness leads to ha more happiness for you as a husband. And so, um, so he's reached, you know, it's like, oh, I just love you so much, Paul. So um, I love when, well, I love when you go away because of how you are when you come back. Um, <laughs> I'll stop right there. Let's go. Has anybody ever messed up anything in their life? Anybody got any big messes that they've, that they've done? Like you never, never messed up? Jim, you good? No. <laughs> never. Uh, I messed up something two, a week ago, and then I'm going to have my wife share about something that she messed up. Are Mark and Julian here? Where's your wife? Nursery? Cool. All right. Um, uh, so a couple, uh, well, last week I was up in the mountains with my, with my parents, and we were at YMCA, and, uh, and I, I'm a, I, anybody like their, their, anybody take a hot plate of food and then they put it in the microwave right before they eat it? Anybody me? Thank you, Carol. I get it, like it's, it's, it's served out of the oven, and I get it, and then I put it in the microwave, and my wife thinks I'm crazy, but I really like hot food. I like hot drinks, um, so I took a cup of coffee and I put it in there because it was a bit cold, and I hit the three button, I think it was the 30 second button, it was actually the three minute button. So it goes, I know it's so sad, it's a cup of coffee, it's not that big a deal, but uh, I, and I was going, I was like, man, I, I didn't have a cup of coffee, and sure enough, I go over, and there's coffee coming out of the microwave, right, it's just spewing everywhere, and I'm like, oh, gosh, so, and cleaning up a microwave, for some reason, is just really annoying to me, I don't know why, but it's just like, why am I cleaning the inside of this thing, so there's coffee everywhere, um, but I made a mess, uh, I would love my wife to come up and share a little story, I asked her for permission, can you share this story, um, I, don't, I think I put the mic over there. So this is a little bit stressful story for her. This isn't my wife's style, because um, she doesn't like to admit uh, stuff like this, but I'd like her to share a little bit where she really messed up something. Because I didn't want to share well, a story about me. So I, I I'm glad your mess up was coffee. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty And epic. my mess up affected someone else's life. Ooh. 
So it's going to be intense. I still get hot thinking about this, and this happened like years ago, you maybe like hot. three or four no. years ago. Um, so forgive me if I start to turn really red. So I agreed to take Mark and Julie and their kids, their entire family, to the airport because they had to go on a trip. <laughs> Mark's like, oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> That's right. And I got a phone call in the middle of the night, as far as I know, right? I heard the phone. I woke up. Hello? Megan, are you coming? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Like, literally, it still makes me start panicking. Um, I didn't set an alarm. I wasn't prepared. I was sleeping, and they needed to leave, like, that minute. So it was the absolute worst moment. I felt so much shame, and I still feel condemned and shameful. Um, so she's like, it's fine, it's fine, we'll just drive ourselves. And thank God they probably thought through a backup plan in case Megan doesn't show up. But this is so not the type of friend that I wanted to be. And so I had to really work at forgiving myself still. I still feel so terrible that that happened. So that's my mess, which is a little worse than coffee. But, but it's still not that saying. bad. Sorry. So anyway, she, uh, it was just funny. I, I found it funny because Julie's like, are you coming? And Megan's like, oh my gosh. She goes, okay, bye. <laughs> and just hangs up because they got to figure something out. I don't know how you guys got there. Oh, you drove yourselves. Yeah. When the Franks fail you, just drive yourself. Um, so she felt so awful. And I was like, I didn't do anything wrong. So um, I'm going back to bed. We all recognize a mess because we are one. Say that with me. We all recognize, well, let me say, no, sorry, that, don't say that. Hold on, say this. I know a mess when I see one because I am one. I know a mess when I see one because I am one. That's not a good, that was a good congregational repeat. But here's a song. Jesus, here's the thing. Jesus loves the little messes, all the little messes of the world. Jesus loves the little messes. Imagine if that was a song for our kids. That's how we should say it. It might be a little bit demoralized by that, but... Jesus loves little messes, all the messes of the world. And then it goes red and well, you know, all those other things. Our, our planet is full of a bunch of messes, amen? But here's the thing. I wonder if God was ever like, he created the world, and he's, and he's like, man, what did I do? These people are crazy, you know? I started this creation thing, and these people just keep ignoring me and, and leaving me, and why am I doing this? So instead of just basically wiping the planet out like he could have, he sent his son in the form of Jesus, to come and help all of our little messes, all right? So I'm gonna, I just wanna make sure that everybody's good, that you're, you know, nobody feels like, no, nah, I'm not a mess, I got it all together. Uh, so I think, um, you know, that's, I just wanna set the premise of that we're messes, all right? And that uh, he loves us, but the, the important thing is, and, and Anthony is gonna talk about this at the end, that he loves us too much to leave us that way. And I wanna sing this song or make something beautiful out of me at the very end, if we could sing that chorus again, um, or sing whatever you want. No. Um, but I think sometimes we think of Christianity as, as a series of sin and forgiveness. Thank you, Rosa. Um, that Christianity is, is sort of this transactional faith, kind of like country music. Does anybody like country music in here? Um, thank you. Um, not many hands, sorry. Uh, like, no, it's bad. Um, has anybody ever been to a church where they sing, like, Christian country music as praise, as praise music? No? All right, just me. All right. Well, it's pretty fascinating, yeah. Um, oh my gosh, what did I just do? Sorry. 
Um, but I think if, we, if, we're, if we're not careful, we'll turn Christianity into a transactional faith of almost like your gas tank or utility bill, where you're kind of like, I'm running out of gas, and I'm going to go back to God and ask for forgiveness or ask for him to make me right, and then I'm going to be filled up, and then I'm going to go throughout life again, and I'm going to run out, and I come back. And it's kind of this cyclical thing, okay? Now, I'm not trying to come against the, the, the art or the, the habit of asking for forgiveness, because I think that's a beautiful thing, and we should be doing that and have repentance and having asked God forgiveness. But if we just think it's a series of forgiveness and sin, forgiveness and sin, then that's not really, you know, imagine if your wife, you just came like every day, I'm like, I'm so sorry. And then I like kind of leave. I come back a week later, I'm so sorry, I'm back. I mean, that just wouldn't work, right? And so part of my presentation, or part of the, the, the teaching today is, is not to really think of God as like this old man, just like forgets our sin. I feel like we have this picture of like this old gray guy. You know, remember that whole thing with the tube where he hears you and he's like, what, what'd you say? Oh, you sinned? Okay, I forgive you. And then it comes back, you know, and then, and then we kind of like, just, just treat this God like this transactional faith, all right? I, I, I truly believe this, and I'll say this later, that it's about participating in what God's doing in your life, okay? So it's a participant faith. It's not a disconnected faith. It's a relationship, all right? So I'm going to get into that. So that, today I call this um, inside out, and go to the next slide. It's not, it's not this inside out. Um, it's, there you go, all right? Inside Out, probably, think. when I Googled Inside Out, it was like, well, of course, it was the movie Inside Out. Um, so my favorite one is Sadness on there. Anybody seen this movie? I'll be back. I'll be laying here for a few hours, you know? Uh, great little movie. Um, it's, and these little, these little people are, are inside uh, this girl's head in the movie, and they're the little characters. So you got joy and anger and, I don't know, what? Disgust is the green, red is rage. What's his name? Anger and purple is worry or something. Um, so anyway, all these different emotions that we feel, and you can just see in her side, inside her head, she's sort of this mess, this girl. She's trying to, she's an adolescent, her hormones are going crazy. I love the end of that movie when this, this little boy, I won't go over the scene, but he's like, girl, 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 and he freaks out. Um, but we're in this, like, this, this sort of, um, you know, crazy faith sometimes, and uh, inside our heads, there's just this mess of messiness going on. So I'm going to continue, we're continuing on the Jesus series, uh, Meet Jesus, and we're, we're continuing on the MOOC, uh, the MOOC, jeez. The book of Mark. I just thought I'd be efficient and combine those words. And then we're going to uh, navigate a little bit into Philippians. So I'm going to, going to start to start in Mark, and then we're going to shift over to Philippians. So stay with me. Uh, it'll be worth it. Um, and then Anthony's going to come up and share some stories about him. So Mark 7, 1 through 23, let's get into it. Yes. Boom. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, uh, that is, unwashed. Uh, so in this content, uh, sorry, in this context, it really means unclean or, or messy. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, I didn't put these parentheses in. This is in the Bible that Mark actually takes. It's part of the verses. This isn't very common by Mark. This is one of the only places where Mark actually feels like he has to describe what's going on. Um, so he goes in and he says, The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial, ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. Uh, when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions, such as washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. Um, a, imagine having a tradition around washing kettles, you know, at Thanksgiving. Did you wash the kettle? Um, found that kind of interesting. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? So defile sounds like an intense word. It uh, really just means unclean. All right. So at the time, you were unclean. Uh, where's Dre? Is she in here? As, as a nurse, right? When surgeons go in, you ever, you ever seen this position where they're like this? 
I actually don't know why they're doing that, but I think they're like, glove me or something, or clean me. <laughs> they're like, it's good. No, they're, they're, they're clean because a small company, uh, total tangent, a small company by the name of Johnson & Johnson, uh, if you ever heard of them, they discovered uh, sanitation like in the 1930s or 20s or something. And they're now the biggest healthcare company in the world, but they discovered that if you didn't have a sanitary OR, operating room, that people were doing all these surgeries and they're all dying because you're opening up people and they're just, there's, there's, uh, there's bacteria everywhere. So they found very quickly that you needed to be clean when you're opening up a person, right, and doing procedures or any sort of infections. So, um, but in this case, they're just eating, they got food probably and they're just, they're eating uh, unclean food, okay? I'm not sure we lost our signal up there. So, um, so, he, so Jesus replied, he goes, I mean, I can just see Jesus like, let's say Anthony's a Pharisee here. He's like, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, you know? As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. So the Pharisees at this time had added so many traditions. And that's what they were getting hung up. They weren't really work, so focused on like the spirit of God and being changed and following his commandments. More around, was I clean? Are your hands clean? Is the kettle clean? I mean, that's just so crazy, you know? I mean, look at us. We're, we're kind of a messy around here. Not to like be, you know, we have cords everywhere. But we know it's not about the presentation, right? That ultimately it's about what's inside. So the goal of our traditions or doing communion or any of these things, John, is that God and Jesus would be exalted. You know, we're going to have traditions that are traditions, and they'll get, you know, they'll get stuck, and we'll, we'll keep doing them, and, you know, God help us. We always talk about as a leadership team, are we doing things that are just tradition and not actually bringing us closer to Jesus? So that's our heart, and we want to keep doing that. So then he continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father and mother is to be put to death. But this is a little bit confusing, so bear with me. Um, I'd actually encourage you guys to go back and read this part. But you say that if anyone declares uh, that what might have been used to help their father or mother is Corbin, like what do I think is Corbin, that is devoted to God, um, then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. And here's the gist. You nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and you do many things like that. So he's just kind of saying, you guys keep doing this. You're in a habit of like doing all the traditions and taking away from the actual word of God. So, um, but this is, this is the gist of it. So then he calls the crowd to him after he's kind of like scolding Anthony, right? Like, you Pharisee, you hypocrite, you're doing all these wrong things. But he says, come here, guys. And, and the Pharisees are probably like, what is he doing? So he says, Jesus called to the crowd and said, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. All right? So he's, because remember, they're talking about eating dirty food, basically, or unclean hands that have defiled the food and it goes in them. And there's like, that's going to make you unclean and sinful. He's saying, no, that's not what makes you sinful. All right? He, he let, um, and so, I'll, and I'll get into this more. So after that, he left the crowd and entered the house, and his disciples asked him this parable. They asked him about this parable, and Jesus says, are you so dull? Are you so dull? He asked, you guys ever read the word? And you notice how Jesus is like really gracious to the church. He's like, oh, you guys, we're trying to understand this. But his disciples, he's like, you guys are idiots. You know, did you guys even hear what I said? Are you so dumb? Are you so dull that, you, that, that the people got it, but you didn't understand a single word I said? So um, I, I always find that interesting. He says, don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? Defile, remember, makes them unclean, makes them unworthy. All right. Nothing from the outside can make them uh, defile them. For it is, it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach and then out of the body. All right. He's talking about, you know what he's talking about there. Um, so he went on. What comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within 
out of a person's heart that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evil come from outside or inside and defile a person. I almost wanted to call this sermon, Religion Sucks. That wouldn't have been very uh, exciting, but I do believe like religion sucks. Um, and I don't mean that in the sense of like organized church or following Jesus, because that's not religion. And that's what he's getting at. He said, you guys are come together, you're following a bunch of traditions and rules, and it's producing nothing. You're actually missing the point completely. And so this church, um, don't, you, you have to understand, you, do you guys know what I'm saying when I say religion sucks? All right, you're like, does that mean the church sucks and that following Jesus sucks? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the purpose of coming together and, and, and looking nice, right? And, and I'm not, and I love your suit, by the way, another Thai guy, so shout out to you. All right? I'm not saying that, all right? But I'm saying is if we dress up, and Jim, you told me you wore a suit for 30 years, right? And I wear shorts every day. I love it. He's kind of overdialed it now. Now he's like shorts all the time, but I love it. But that we can do all these things with traditions that completely miss what Jesus was getting about about cleaning the mess, about addressing the mess inside of us, all right? Um, so I know some folks here are on some eating plans and are still going strong on their New Year's resolutions. Um, I think I, I gave mine up like January 3rd or something. Um, I applaud, so um, my next statements, I applaud this, and my next statements are no way intended to take away, take, intended to take away from the importance of being uh, good stewards of our bodies. Megan and I try to eat healthy, we fail all the time. Um, People are like, oh, you and Megan eat so healthy. We're like, no, we really don't. We must do a good job of giving off a good perception. Um, but let me read this. How carefully do you monitor what goes into your mouth compared to what comes out of it? For example, do you follow a low-fat diet? Do you obsessively track the grams of fat going into your body? Do you watch the number of calories that you consume? Do you avoid refined sugars? Do you limit your caffeine? Do you avoid alcohol and cigarettes? Do you, avoid, uh, do you eat only dolphin-safe tuna? Are, are you a, are you a, a locavore? Do you know what a locavore is? No? Huh? So, what, did you get it? Yes, yeah, someone who eats only food grown locally. That would cost a fortune. All right, it's called a farmer, right? Are you a vegetarian or a vegan? Do you eat only free-range chicken? Do you shun high-fructose corn syrup? Ugh. Do you buy organic milk, organic fruit, organic soap, heirloom tomatoes? Do you use sea salt instead of table salt? Purchase only beef that's produced without the use of bovine growth hormone. Cook with olive oil instead of Crisco. I mean, who doesn't still use Crisco, right? I think my wife said they're actually going to like, the FDA's like, we're shutting down Crisco. Um, drink bottled water from the island of Fiji. So these are all good things. And I, I, I kind of read this like, man, I would actually like to eat like this. That would be good. Or I think it would triple our, our food budget. Um, but the bad news is that you can do all these things, right? And you can eat all these good things, and you're still going to die. It's, you might live a little bit longer. And my sister, my, my mom knows this. She's really uh, passionate about good food, and uh, she almost makes me feel bad sometimes when I'm eating, like, you know, not like uh, organic milk. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, it's not, it's, that's what's, that's not going to make you pure, right? It's not going to make you clean. Your soul and the things that come out of you are still going to be defiled, because that's where we need to savor, right? That's where we're still a mess, and we can do all these external things, um, and they're not going to, they're not going to change us. It's the heart that's inside us that will define us, what God wants to redeem. So we live in a pretty superficial and outward society. Um, people look me- if people don't look messy on the outside, then we think they're pretty good, don't we? We're like, man, they got it together, and, um, you know, like, Megan, you, you're just man, you're such a beautiful person, and nothing's wrong with you ever. Um, and, uh, 
And people think, I, I can't tell you, I, uh, how do I look today? My mom said, great. <laughs> She's like, great. Oh, not you, you weren't supposed to answer that question. But, um, so, you know, we could put on a pretty, pretty good look, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm preaching, and I had a good week, and I had oatmeal for breakfast, and I had coffee, um, but I was convicted even preaching this, you know, and you guys have no idea what's underneath my, my coat, all right, but I'm going to, this is, um, so watch this, so this is, this is our perception, okay, people don't look messy on the outside, we think they're good on the inside, but ultimately, man, we're all messy, and I'm in need of a savior, bad, I'm a leader in this church, but man, I can outside in cleanse all the time. We try it as leaders of this church. To be, we were, Megan and I were just talking about this yesterday. That I can like sit here and try to self-help and do all these great things. But at the end of the day, man, I need someone inside to start a new thing in me that produces outward fruit. And I can do all these things. But I know, I know, I know when it's my own ability and I know when it's God coming out. Um, so this is what I look like on the outside. And um, I'm going to pop this off and let's see if this stays on. This is, what I, this is what I actually feel like many days. How do I look now, Chase? It's a little bit Peter Panish, you know, um, when I was doing this. But uh, this, is what, this, is, this is really what I look like. And I'm not saying I'm like full of sin. I'm not implying that you're, we're all chaotic messes, our lives, right? I do believe that Jesus is starting a new thing in us. But that I can dress up the outside and I can eat with clean hands and I can do all the right things. But at the end of the day, I'm a mess. So many days, I'm a mess. Um, I hope that doesn't let anybody down. <laughs> you know, you're like, man, I really looked up to Paul Frank. But here's the redeeming thing about it, all right? We're going to flip to Philippians. Now, I, I've just set the stage of where Jesus is like, it doesn't matter what you do on the outside. The food's clean. And when he, in those statements, by the way, he basically declared all food clean. Because before it was like, you don't eat that, don't eat that, don't eat that. Don't do it with clean hand, uh, dirty hands. It's going to defile the food. And he's like, no, it doesn't matter. It's, it, it, it's clean. So I'm going to read Philippians. So this is Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, and he's speaking to the church of Philippians. Um, and the whole, the whole uh, book of Philippians is just one long letter. All right? Man, I've got to get this tie off. Ties suck. <laughs> it was, you know, i got to be honest. You know, I got about 15 comments today that I look good. It felt good. It did. I was like, thank you. Thank you. You know? Uh, I guess we got the bar pretty low around here. So, no, I'm just kidding. But, like... You know, I go to like a, a Lutheran church, be like, ah, he's wearing jeans. He doesn't look good at all. But I wear a tie and a shirt, and it was, uh, it felt good. But there's many times where people are like, you're good? You're good, you know? And you're like, yep, I'm good. And you're like, nope, I'm not. This is what I feel like. I got holes all over me. Um, I, got, I got issues. So here's, here's Paul. He's speaking to the faith, or sorry, speaking to the faith, speaking to the church. He says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And the partnership of gospel is also the partnership with God, that when he comes into you, it becomes a partnership. And that's what I was talking about. It's participatory. It's not just a standby, see what happens in my life, you know, that there's a participant with God. Here it is. That he, begin, he who began a good work in you 
Not outside of you. Not, I'm going to change the situation around you so that I can you know, ex- impact the outside of you, but inside of you, out. Just like I'm in the middle of this circle right now. All right? Many times as, as Christians, we try to address the outside. All right? But we, in, in the, uh, with salvation, it's, it's about what's coming in the inside of you and then working out. Just like the church. We want people to come in here, get fed, you know, learn about God, and then go out. So inside out. Say inside out. All right. Christianity is an inside out faith. God works inside of us to bring something out of you. It's about renewing our hearts and our minds so ultimately it's a different level of behavior. <clears throat> I'm going to keep going here because I really want Anthony to come up here. Um, so let me, let me go, um, let me go to, to, to verse 9. And this is my prayer, that your love, thank you, thank you, Claire, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Big question. Let me ask you this. When you pray, what do you pray for you? When you pray, what do you pray for you? When you pray, what do you pray for you? Guidance, security, less fear, help me. Okay, these aren't bad prayers. Just saying. How often do you pray for, God, I pray for my love. Anybody ever pray that? Like, I was going to say, like, basically zero. Because I don't pray that. I don't like, God, I pray for my love that I'd that I love more. And this is exactly what he's saying, okay? So this is what Paul says. He says, I pray, if I keep going down here, um, that I pray, did I, just, did I just read it? Sorry, I may have skipped over it. For the next, uh, go, was it right before it or right after it? There you go. No, nine. It was verse nine. This is my prayer, this is what Paul says, that you may love, that your love may abound, that means grow, all right, and be, be, be abound, you guys know what it means, more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. That's what our prayer is. That's the essence of Christianity, that following Jesus, kind of what I was saying, following Jesus is not about what's doing right. It's not this transactional faith and just, I don't want to sin anymore. I don't want to stop these things, right? But it's about how do I learn to love those that are unlovable? That the mess inside of me and God coming in and working out, the essence and sort of that epicenter of Christianity is that moment where we understand that I can love someone who's not lovable. That that is one of the best remedies for addressing your messiness. Have you ever loved someone and it was really messy? Right? I mean, it is going to be messy, but you're not, if you're going to love someone out of it, it's not necessarily going to make a mess out of the situation. It's usually the most beautiful thing that you can go after. And many people in this church have just felt loved, you know, by people here. And I think that's, that's the essence of what we want to be at Hill City Church. So I want to invite Anthony up. And uh, he's going to share a little bit about, um, about his story recently. And Anthony's gone. Him and his wife, Stephanie, have been through some, um, some messiness lately. Yeah. And um, so we need to continue to pray for them. Um, so he's going to share. And then uh, I'm going to turn off the mic because that's not what I meant to do. Let's turn it back on here. Um, so, Anthony, why don't you go and share with the, with the church and, um, and about how God um, has addressed you and changed some of you from the inside out. Yeah. So, um... As may have, some of you may know, recently my brother and his wife were in a really bad accident and she lost her life. Um, my brother is still, um, you know, has a broken or a fractured hip, some broken ribs and, you know, some uh, fractured vertebrae. And um, through all that, he's still trying to, you know, cope with losing 
his significant other. And he has three children that he has that are solely dependent on him now, you know. And so with that said, you know, it, it's, it's crazy to me because, you know, the biggest thing with my life that God has, you know, changed for the better is my being able to forgive. Um, years ago, like about 10 years ago, my brother and I had it out. You know, we, we had a fist fight. You know, that was the last, one of the last things that we, you know, did is punched each other's face, <laughs> you know. And so, you know, needless to say, we didn't, we didn't speak for a very long time. And, um, you know, met my wife, uh, we became saved, um, started coming to church. Um, even through all then, still didn't talk to my brother, you know, still had that anger towards him. Um, and, you know, about, I want to say, two years ago, about two, maybe two and a half, um, my brother came back into our life. And, you know, for my my wife and I, it was kind of a, a rough thing to do to try to, you know, put everything in the past, you know, because of whatever reasons, um, personally. And, um, you know, I didn't want to forgive him. I really didn't. You know, I... I had it in my head and I rationalized it to God that he started it. You know, why why do I have to forgive him or ask him to forgive me when he started it? You know, and funny thing is how God works is when I talked to God and, you know, that week and I asked him, you know, what do I do, God? You know, help me, help me with this because, like I said, I didn't want to, I didn't want to forgive him. You know, I was good, you know, you know, as Christians, oh, no, I'm good. You know, me and God, I ask God for forgiveness, I'm good, you know. So, later on that week, came to church here and the sermon was about forgiveness. <laughs> and, you know, the parable, uh, or when, when Simon Peter asked, you know, how many times do I forgive my brother? Do I forgive him seven times? And Jesus replies, no, you, sir, you forgive him, what is it, seven, seven times 77, you know. And that, that hit me. It hit me because nowhere did Jesus say, well, who started it? You know, <laughs> you know did, did he start it? You know, because if he started it, you, you shouldn't have to forgive him, you know. And it hit me in with it just like a ton of bricks. And after that, I found it in my heart to forgive him. And also forgave his his wife 
And I thank God that I was given that opportunity because right now I probably, I probably couldn't live with myself. Inside out. Inside out. You guys can start playing. Start. No, <laughs> just kidding. Maybe you and I will have a fist fight later about taking it out on me. Anthony, we're praying for you and Stephanie. Ma'am, how old was your sister in law? 37. <laughs> Told I am. Um, and John. So. Heavenly Father, complete the work that you begin in me. So Paul's saying, this is that participatory part of our faith, guys. It's not about coming back and forth and being like the ping pong ball in our faith. Um, it's a journey. It's a journey. It's a journey to, uh, when God starts that thing, it doesn't say... Um, when Paul's, when Paul's uh, doing this letter, he's not talking about that it's done. Your salvation is done, and I, we believe in that. We believe that you're part, you're a child of God. But the, 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 our faith is, is evolving, adapting, growing throughout our entire life. And so when you, we say these words, and I want you to say these words with me, complete the work that you begin in me, I want you to add that to your prayer life. Pray about completing the work in you. Pray for your love for others, for forgiveness. If that's where it is for Anthony. Man, Anthony, I've been there. I'm still there with something in my life. Sometimes that's the thing you got to do. So just pray these, I don't know, 10 words. Heavenly Father, complete the work that you begin in me. Let's do it one more time. Heavenly Father, complete the work that you begin in me. My prayer is that if you're a Christian or if you've been coming to this church, that we embrace the truth that God has begun a magnificent work in us and will bring it to completion. That we're not stuck. It might feel like you're in a ditch or a rut or some sort of pause in life. And I pray that we would participate and grow and say, God, help complete this work in me. Do we believe that something beautiful started when Jesus came into your life? So many nods. And I believe that. And I pray that we continue that, that, that conversation. If you're new here or just listening to this God thing or maybe you're a theist or, you know, maybe not, um, that you'd be opening to accepting this inside-out change in your life that I've spoken about for the past 40 minutes. That, that you might believe that there is a, a God out there that wants to start something in, inside of you and change you from the inside out. That you've tried a lot of remedies, you've tried a, different, a lot of different things to maybe change your outward appearance, put on the nice suit like me, but you know that at the end of the day, you're just the same old person. That you're not changing, that there's something more that you're looking to attain. So I'm going to pray for us. 
that we continue this work. Um, Jen, why don't you sing that song, uh, the part of it where he says, make something beautiful out of me. And I, when, you, when, you, when you sing these words, sing them with the team, that when you're singing these words, um, that you think about what I just talked about, how completing that work that you begin in me, that there is something beautiful there, and that we believe that, God, just keep making that thing more and more beautiful. Amen? So sing this, and then I'll close this out. for your inside your inside move in their lives God you know we pray for the situation outside of us to change sometimes and you know this <laughs> death is final and uh, we can't pray for her her return um, but God we can pray for how we handle the situation God how you're with us through those storms and I pray for them right now in this moment, God, that we would, um, that you would just blanket them with your presence, God, that you'd be inside of them and give them the words to speak to their family of encouragement and faith, God, and have mercy and grace, God, that from the inside comes, comes defilement and these things out of our heart, but can also be this, the exact opposite is what you talked about, that these words, God, of purity and love would be on their hearts today, God. And I pray that for Hill City Church, God, that we be a church that doesn't try to fix the outside, God, and change our, out, our external circumstances or follow the traditions, Lord, that are often so futile and eat, leave us empty. God, I pray this morning, and I just, just pray this prayer with me, guys. Um, you don't need to repeat after me, but just pray this in your hearts and even in your own words, that, God, I pray that you would, um, that I would partner with you on this faith thing. God, that I believe you came in and you begin a good work in my heart, in my soul, in my life, God, and I pray that you'd complete it, that I'd participate in this, in faith with you. God, show me, Lord, what's where, where I should focus. God, let me see as you see, God, and do as you would have me to do. Lord, we want to love this community. We want to love our church and love our neighbors and love our family, God. 
And I pray, God, that, that that is the best remedy, Father, for our messiness, that we take the focus off of ourselves, God, and focus on others. Lord, we thank you for your direction. We thank you for your, your teaching. God, we thank you for, for showing us the way to live this life. We love you. We thank you. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You guys can stand, and uh, I'll just give you one last word. broken broken body I got here today or shirt um, that we would be honest with ourselves honest with the church honest with our faith our creator um, and and want to be changed want that messiness want those things to be changed in our lives amen amen so I'm gonna pray real quick and let's be gone God thank you again for this beautiful day we pray for safe journeys for everybody home and um, God God maybe be real with you today father change us from the inside out in Jesus name we pray amen amen you guys are dismissed if you're part of the uh, the kids, uh, Hill City Kids, we're going to have lunch. Um, and so uh, with that, have a great day. Love you all.